Hello and welcome to Lodcast. In this episode, we explore how in-house lawyers can communicate effectively with their business colleagues. To explore this, I spoke with Marnie Troth, an experienced general counsel and in-house legal leader. Marnie has particular expertise in managing complex stakeholder relationships. This episode dives into the difference in communication styles between lawyers and their business colleagues and contains highly practical tips for both in-house legal leaders and more junior lawyers to boost their communication skills. Let's get into it. Hello, Marnie. Can you tell our listeners a bit about who you are? Yeah. Hello, Mark. Yes. So my name is Marnie Troth. I'm a lawyer with 26 years experience. My first 15 years were spent in private practice and then I made the decision to move to an in-house legal role 11 years ago, which was a great move for me, but also I've learned so much along the way with dealing with such a diverse range of stakeholders and certainly the topic of communications very dear to me because I do see that as a key part of your success in, I think, any legal role and particularly in-house where you're trying to establish your value and build relationships. So the organisation where I'm at is a not-for-profit. It operates right across Australia, so a national organisation. We support many clients with different services such as disability, aged care, employment services and training and recruitment. So it's quite diverse and it's really important that we're you know, make, making sure we're getting that broad understanding right right across the business and delivering such great services to our community. Brilliant. Well, that sets us up perfectly for today's topic of communication. And I thought maybe we'd start with thinking about different styles. So I think historically lawyers are very well trained at how to communicate with other lawyers, but not necessarily with business colleagues. Let's start with what are the differences in those two styles of communication, those with lawyers and those with business colleagues? I think that's a very good point and it it did make me think about when I first moved to an in-house role because obviously when you are in private practice and your other colleagues are lawyers, that's very different. You use, I guess, a certain, on reflection, a certain language, a certain style, you know, you have that deeper understanding as to what everything means and when I did move to my role it was the first time there'd been an in-house lawyer in the organisation and so I soon did realise that you don't get to have those off-the-cuff conversations with other lawyers during the day and you really need to be making sure that your language that you're using is something that's readily understood by the business and I think that's for Two reasons. One, because the reason you're there is to deliver those services in the way that the business can understand. But I also think it's very important in terms of how you establish relationships. I think it'd be fair to say other lawyers generally love other lawyers, but when you move to an in-house role, there's always mixed views. Some people love engaging with the legal team and there's others who might be a bit reluctant to do so. So I think it's really important to probably learn to speak the language of the business and probably drop some of that traditional legal terminology that you might use when conversing with other lawyers. That's really interesting that you have to learn to speak the business's language. What is, for you, What was that process just engaging with the senior stakeholders? Was it literally reading business documents? What? What? How did you go about kind of learning the language of business, mm-hmm. so to speak? Yeah, I think you have to take a really blended approach 
approach and especially because the organisation is diverse in the types of services. So for me, one, one of the key things actually was to understand the acronyms. I was surprised moving into the not-for-profit sector and I think when there's a lot of work delivered under government type services as well. Acronyms can be yeah, used quite extensively. So that to me was another language to start with. So I had a, a great colleague, a peer manager when I started who was very good at sort of giving me a list and, and working through those. Then I think it was to also understand each area of the business and what they were delivering and what the key priorities were for each of the relevant executive managers and the general managers as well for each of those areas. As soon as I started, I set up quarterly meetings with each of those areas. So whilst on a rolling basis, there'd be legal matters coming through at any one time from most of the areas, it also gave me a chance each quarter to meet with those managers to discuss what are your priorities, what are the key things you're concerned about and what do you think might be coming in the next quarter so that I could get an understanding of where they were at. But also that certainly did help to build rapport and and understand, I guess, the communication styles of each of those stakeholders because I think that's really important as we know that Everyone receives in hears information differently. They like it to be delivered in different ways. And I do think that was probably something that I probably challenged me initially moving in-house. In private practice, I was very used to delivering advice in a very consistent way and then to have to take that step back and think maybe I need to do it differently depending on the person I'm dealing with internally And that was a shift for me that I made, but I think it did add value and certainly helped me with developing those relationships. Brilliant. I think there's almost two elements when we talk about communication styles. I think there's like the literal words that you use and avoiding, you know, Latin terms and avoiding too much legalese. But I think the deeper point, the one that you made is, you know, setting up those meetings with the stakeholders, having the rapport and understanding what their priorities are because I think then you can couch your legal advice or your guidance in ways which speak to those priorities. Is that a fair summary? Yeah, no, that's absolutely correct because I think unless you understand what those priorities are, you you, it's hard to understand what you're, you know, what you're pitching and to meet where people need to be and where, what advice they need. For instance, we have quite a significant number of property leases. Now, if traditionally, and I know from when we've had advice from external lawyers on those leases, advice is maybe pages long and that's exactly what you're looking for when you're briefing for something, when you're engaging external lawyers. But for mm-hmm. Our in-house priorities, I know that really it's probably five key things that the property managers may need to be across. So it's really, I guess, getting that understanding for the business and what what are the key risks here from a legal perspective, what do they need to know and what needs to be negotiated as opposed to, you know, very lengthy advice. So it's, I think that takes a bit of time too to understand where are the key risks in the business from a legal perspective and where where can you add the most value and how, but it's, you know, if people at the end of the day don't understand what you're saying and why, then there's no value 
as as for that in-house legal service. So I really do think if you can target it in a way that people understand it, it meets where they're at and what the business needs, I think that's where you'll get the greatest level of engagement because people will keep keep coming back and yeah, and seeking out the advice because they know how it can help them achieve the goals that they're working towards. I was interested a little bit earlier, you said sometimes you miss the private practice environment when you can speak, I guess, the, the lawyer language. And it goes to the point, I think that when you sometimes what you're putting down, someone isn't picking up. And I think when you're in private practice, lawyers, because of their shared training and experiences and knowledge, I suppose, they generally will almost, you know, 99% understand what you're saying. Whereas in the business context, there isn't that shared language and training. So you need to do the harder work of, of whether it's simplifying or perhaps just identifying the key points. That's, a, yeah, that's just a really interesting thing for in-house lawyers to have to do because it's, yeah, it's not trained. So you just have to kind of learn it. Is, is, was that your experience? You just had to like slowly develop your, your kind of business speak? Yeah, no, definitely. And also I did participate in a program through the Association of Corporate Counsel. So I, I did engage and have a mentor, which was really helpful as well. And we looked at the different communication styles. So use DISC profiling. And I actually ended up, in, we then engaged for the team I was in at the time, which I was the only lawyer, but within our risk and compliance area. So we all participated in that because we were all finding that there were some stakeholders that were easier to engage with than others. And it was a really worthwhile exercise going through that. And then reflecting back on, well, when, when you're delivering advice to people with a certain style themselves, this is really how you would need to be pitching it. So even going to that yeah deeper level as to how to do that. So for some people, it is that in simplified terms, that's what they need. Others actually do like the detail, even when you know within the business. So I think it's really about making sure you understand your client and tailoring, tailoring the advice. And I've yeah. also had the benefit over time as the organization grew of being able to grow the in-house legal team as well so there are other lawyers now so (laughs) some lawyer lawyer talk as well which is refreshing (laughs) that's great I I love that because that's really practical I think like having a a mentor whether it's through ACC or otherwise that can be really helpful and have doing that disc profiling so we've actually preempted the next question which was perhaps sharing some lessons learned so obviously you know, doing the disc profiling was something that you learned over time and, and getting a mentor. Were there any other lessons that you wanted to mention apart from those ones we've already covered? I think that just always remembering that whilst the technical skills that you have are so important, at the end of the day, it is going to be in an in-house environment as to how you can build relationships and collaborate with others. So the communication style just becomes very important and I think it's always good we can we can all get set in our ways but you've really got to keep an open mind as to if something's not hitting the mark and you're not getting the engagement as to what do you need to tailor because you know others may not always change but for you to be able to show that the legal function and the advice is adding value I think we've constantly got to look at ways in-house as to how to how to do that. And yeah, it's something that I've remained focused on because at the end of the day, it's about, you know, I guess my internal clients having a positive experience when they interact with our with our legal team. And at the end of the day, for the best interest of the organisation, 
the, the advice needs to be under, understood because ultimately you want you want it to be followed. So that's yeah, that's always been key for me. So I guess yeah, probably a key lesson is always keep an open mind and just because you've delivered advice in a certain way for a long time doesn't mean that you can't you can't shift that if you need to. And it's not that you're changing the content and the messaging, but it's just the style as to how you're going about it, I think, and, yeah, it just needs to be tailored over time. Yeah. And is that, are we talking like almost formats, switching from Word to PowerPoint, that kind of thing, or is it or not necessarily that? Sometimes it can be. And I, I just think there's probably not a you know, exact science to it. Yes. Yeah. It really will depend on understanding the audience. But you're certainly right. There's not, you know, nobody wants to generally be, be sitting through a presentation with significant amounts of PowerPoints. And I think it does come down to usually less is less is more and getting those key key points across. So probably fair to say I haven't come across too many people in my in-house role that would prefer a lot more detail. I think business people like to get the advice and then move on. So it's really in a way that they can readily understand it. Brilliant. Okay. Well, the next question is looking at a specific part of the business. So how in-house legal leaders can communicate with the C-suite and other executives could probably be a podcast in itself. But I'd like to spend some time talking about talking about it now, how do you think about communicating with executives? Yeah, that's an interesting one. I've actually been a member of the executive team for over five years now in my current role. I I think once again, it's really just understanding the individuals, what's important in their portfolio, a strategic plan, what are the priorities so that, you know, first of all, when work's coming through, what is the highest priority? But then also to understand their style just like anyone else in, in the business as to what what it will mean to them and how they would prefer advice to be delivered and their engagement. I think for understanding if you're not in an executive role yourself and you want to understand more about how the executive operate and get better engagement, I really would encourage people to probably throw themselves into working groups and other project opportunities across the organisation, even if it's outside of something that's calling for legal input but that you can get engaged in just to get a better understanding as to how people operate. And and I think that is really becomes critical so that people can often see that you can add more value than the, you know, strict strict legal advice, but also just to whether it's developing rapport, broadening your networks throughout the organization, but but also just seeing how, you know, how people work. And if there's an executive might be leading a particular project that you can put up your hand to to be involved. So it might be over and above, you know, what you're actually there to do in the organization. But I think just getting that deeper rapport and level of understanding, you know, really adds value and probably I'll go back to what I said earlier when I first started how I set up the regular meetings with the executive and you know depending I know different organizations the availability to meet with the executive you know that may be may be different and not as easy but even if it's a coffee catch up once a quarter to check in and see how they're going if there's anything you know else that they need is your advice hitting the mark for them I just think it's good just to keep that two-way communication open. Brilliant. 
It's so interesting how much communication is tied up with relationships and rapport. I just, I mean, in some ways that's obvious, but it's good to just to hear that be reaffirmed. Second last question today is what advice you might have for junior in-house lawyers? How can they develop their skills in, in communication? I think there's so many ways that you can do it and it's both within the organisation and, and, and thinking about other opportunities you even have outside of your role and work to continue to ve- develop communication mm. over time. I would certainly encourage anyone more junior to be engaging through ACC if you're in an in-house role or other other presentations that come up, I know there's certainly a lot out there that you can watch, whether it's in TED Talks or other opportunities for development in terms of communication. I think learn from others. So maybe seek out, it might not even be another lawyer in your organisation, it might be a mentor outside or it could also be someone in another role in, within the organisation that you think does it really well and just reflect on how they do it, how they engage and their style. But I, I think it's really you probably need to take a, a few different prongs to that to really get there yourself. So it'll be what, you know, everyone will have their different style. I probably like to go about things a bit more quietly than than other, others may. So I think it's just you've got to think about what, what's your natural style, how do you like to go about it. But there's so many ways that you can learn learn as you go and different resources you can tap into. But I also think once again, if you're a junior in-house lawyer, look for those opportunities where you can you know, sometimes it might be even a secondment in another part of the business in taking on a management role, you know, for a while that's outside of the legal team or or just doing doing something else and making sure you're engaging with a broad range of stakeholders within the organisation because the more you understand the business and understand the people, that will, you know, continue to help you with developing those communication skills. Brilliant. The last question is, are there any anything we missed, any final thoughts that you have on, the, on this topic? I think probably my final thought would be is, you know, obviously as lawyers we're always acting in the best interests of our clients and we can really only do that if our advice is understood. So I think and, that, and that's where I keep coming back to in terms of that communication. Like it needs to be clear, it needs to be understood and to me that's the, you know, best way that you can add value in your in-house role. Brilliant. Well, it just leaves me to say thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your your wisdom and insights on on this important topic. Thanks, Mark.